She died too young. It's it's probably somebody's fault, David. Not- We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that flowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode, the podcast that rings in the holiday season with a big helping of seasonal depression. I am your host, Austin Gorton, and with me is the hostess with the mostess, Carolyn Maine. I thought you were referring to Beetlejuice, so I was scared for a moment then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's the ghostest with the mostest. He's the ghostest with the mostest. Oh, yeah. And a lover of silk pajamas. Uh, David Bitsma. Actually, I don't know if I really do love them. They might be too soft for me. I'm kind of weird with clothes. So I don't know. Well, well, I have thoughts on silk pajamas. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get I there. want some silk pajamas, so then I can say they're too soft for me, like a little bitch on Christmas. <laughs> That's my wish. You feel like it's a good problem to have, pajamas that are too soft? <laughs> yeah, I want that kind of problem. This week, we are reviewing King of the Hill, Season 3, Episode 9, Pretty Pretty Dresses, in which (laughs) the seventh anniversary of Bill's wife leaving him pushes him to the breaking point ahead of Christmas, prompting Hank and the gang to take drastic measures to keep their friend alive and help him start to heal. Aside from, you know, actually getting him help, but you know. No, no, we wouldn't (laughs) want to do that. He doesn't need a psychiatrist, David. (laughs) He's just broken in the brain. Um, yeah, King of the Hill. What's our hi- what's your history with King of the Hill, David? Me. I watched a fair amount of it when it was first run at the beginning. And then as probably I went into college and such, I tailed off on it. I remember, so it must have been middle school if I remember it correctly. And I remember it was coming out and I was skeptical of it because it was mm. about a bunch of southern guys who seemed a bit too conservative for my liking and uh, right right but i do remember i think it was literally the first episode where dale was going on about the conspiracy theory of like global warming in some way then hank hill says god damn it dale we we live in texas and it gets to 109 degrees here and if it gets one degree hotter i'm gonna personally kick your ass and I, uh, I appreciated that sentiment, at least, so it at least kept me watching for <laughs> Fighting climate Yeah, change. exactly. I'm like, oh, right. maybe these are, like, conser- conservatives who have some sort of value. I guess they do, but maybe gave me too much hope for what the world could actually be. So, uh, a bit of a... <laughs> felt a bit lied to by this, by the year 2021, I suppose. But, uh, so, yeah, overall, I watched quite a bit of it i liked it for the most part there's some parts i don't like but eh, eh, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do (laughs) carolyn how about you (laughs) um let's see similar to david i think except that i didn't stop watching to go to college (laughs) reverse that (laughs) this is a really fun show great choice austin i really like you know a lot of mike judge stuff i think i saw his office space in a theater premiere and, you know, one of those free little tickets you get for screeners as a teenager. And it was just a perfect viewing experience. Everyone really liked it. He's a great comedian. We, of course, know him from Beavis and Butthead mm-hmm. and the Daria episode we've done together. So we're in a continued universe. And what does he do? He does really great stuff with limited animation. And as somebody whose wrist hurts, I try to pay attention to where you can make it good and effective. King of the Hill is more realistic than Beavis and Butthead or Daria and more grounded, except for that the conservatives are tolerable, <laughs> to David's point. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and it's very simple, and it's very dumb, but sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's sad. Spoilers for tonight. So. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here for this very seasonally depressed episode. Yourself, Austin? Yeah, I was, uh, I was yes. just going to add that I do remember seeing previews for this, and I've also watched Beavis a Butthead, and Hank Hill's clearly... Based on the same character, I don't know how you want to phrase that. Like, he has right. the same idea of mind as, like, the next-door neighbor in Beavis and Butthead. Now it's just confused right. whether I you're supposed to be what? the same person or not for a little while. And I was just like, right. so is this a spin-off? That's true. But, eh. it, yeah. it's think not. about that sometimes. Yeah. Like, Mike Judge is running out of voices, yeah. but he did it pretty good, right? He basically had the same... Um, he, 
definitely had the same archetype in mind for each character. Right. right. Yes. It's one of those weird things where it's like a creative spinoff, but yeah. not a narrative mm-hmm. spinoff. But we don't really have a term for that. I don't know. Um, yeah. So obviously I'm, I'm a big King of the Hill fan. Um, I, I watched it mostly from the beginning. I don't know if I was there for like the very first episode, but I may have been. Um, initially, I watched it mostly out of inertia because it was in the post Simpsons time slot when right it there. when it debuted, and so it was just it was on. It was in our animation. I watched it at the time. I didn't like it as much because I I didn't get it so much. Like I thought that it was that it was holding up Hank's values as being virtuous. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's holding them up as being not virtuous, but it's very clearly a show about an old fashioned person coming to terms with the modern world. Um, and that's, and that's all filtered through the prism of principally through the, the relationship with his son. And there's a lot of, you know, awkward Bobby likes things that Hank doesn't and Hank yells at him about it. But in the end, Hank loves his son. He tries to do what's best for his son. And the Hank that comes out at the end of the series is a vastly different, more tolerant, less conservative, more worldly character than he is at the beginning, Um, which isn't something that you see very often in sitcoms or animated shows for that matter. Um, It's very much, I don't know. I feel like this is a primer that we could give to like aging boomers about coming to terms (laughs) with the way the world is today. Yeah. But Uh, one thing I've learned about media is people just see what they want to see. So a lot of people espouse, Especially the early Hank Hill values will just see that throughout and see that as validating them as opposed to yeah. seeing the growth yeah. or the... Ex- right, and that's, I mean, that's very much, when I first started watching it, I thought that's what the show was doing, mm-hmm. was that, like, it was making fun of Bobby, Hank yeah. was right, everybody else, and it's that, that's really not the case at all, but it's very easy to view it that mm-hmm. way. Uh, and so that I, I mean, I stuck with it like you, David, I think as I got older and especially as like Fox started dicking it around on the schedule. And this is one of those shows. I think it has like three different episodes that were written to be series finales. And then it would get like <laughs> oh, a, a last minute order for another season. And then they would do another season finale. And it would come back. And so it's, there's a couple episodes we could watch and be like, Oh yeah, they clearly meant for that to be the end, but it's not the end. There's still more to come. So a lot did of those, the governor what? did the governor call right when they're about to get executed yeah, right. on the electric chair <laughs> right state of execution so a lot of that stuff I think I watched when this got rerun in syndication like on FX or something like that um, years later down the road there was like whole seasons that I hadn't seen and and whatnot but um, I do I enjoy it I think it's a little underrated these days I think it gets left out of the conversation of like great animated series and it deserves to be there because there's a lot of of uh fun stuff there and interesting stuff and but uh yeah so that was i I was having this conversation with some people in a slack channel and recently talking about how great king of the hill was and so it's like i think it's time to break our king of the hill seal with a super depressing Christmas episode, which ironically I I don't like this episode because it's so depressing. Yeah, I mean, I'm struggling to decide. I mean, I think I decided I didn't like the episode. I'm like, is this even considered a good episode? I, I, it is considered a. I mean, it is ripe for us because it is an atypical episode in that it is the most sort of sad and somber and depressing episode I think of the entire run, and it's generally considered as much. Um, so it is sort of very special in that regards. It's both a holiday episode and it's kind of off tempo from the normal mm-hmm. tone of the series, but that doesn't make it enjoyable. It, it always reminds me of the Friends episode we've talked about, David, where the, the one episode where money is a concern. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And how you're just like, okay, I guess I appreciate this take on realism, but let's never bring this up again. <laughs> It's funny because this the subject matter is so sad in this episode, but they keep the tone kind of in the same place. Yeah. And it, it still is a cartoon, and it doesn't have a laugh track, but I know where I'm supposed to laugh. Yeah, they break right. out some jokes, but when you're suicidal, the jokes aren't hitting me the right way, I can tell you that much. Right, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's some, we'll get into it, some issues with, you know, cross-dressing and mm. things like that that I don't think... 
aren't aren't necessarily being mocked, but also maybe aren't being given the attention they deserve. Anyway, we'll get into it. Mm. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I do really like the cold open, which is just like the guys drinking beer in the alley oh, like yeah. they usually do, and then Bill just starts yep. sobbing, well. and then Christmas music <laughs> plays. <laughs> <laughs> It is pretty good, though. I was watching this through perhaps not the most legal of means or proper channels, and I was wondering if I missed something in the opening. No. <laughs> right, where there's some dialogue or something. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Nope, it really yeah, is I'm just better. coming up. <laughs> they're drinking beer, mm-hmm. and then Bill starts sobbing. And then he starts sobbing, and then he breaks from his sobs to abruptly say that he really likes to celebrate well, Christmas. That after <laughs> right. the uh, opening credits. Huh? After the credits, yeah, yeah, so we have our opening credits, which are a real banger. Um, the replacement, the nineties band. Yes. Do you remember the nineties or two thousands? <laughs> Do you remember the nineties? <laughs> um, yes. Once upon a time, I had a playlist of uh, like summer songs, and this okay. this leaded off that. This led off that playlist. Um, it's a really good, very simple, but very up-tempo beat. And the joke is that, you know, the whole world is passing by these guys during this really banging song. And they're just out time-lapsing, drinking beer in the yard like they do. God, what a live in the dream, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They're standing the dream for that's a already, I don't. I, I need to that's sit. true. Um, there is an episode where they get a couch access. in the alley. Yeah. And I feel like they should have kept the couch. There's a lot of <laughs> It would molder. We can't do anything like that in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. It just dies. You can't. Oh, yeah. We, we, we couldn't do that out. here either. You couldn't have a outdoor couch like that that's well, just I mean, is there year-round. We couldn't stand outdoors near Christmas either and just sit there. And <laughs> yeah, this, is, this, huh? this is also true, yes. Have you tried, like, a hobo barrel of flames? <laughs> I mean, you can do that, like propane heaters that's and things. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. Oh, way to tie it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah propane heaters, right? Mm-hmm. Hank would, appro- would approve. Um, so yes, we, as we come back in for the opening credits, we pick up right where we left off, which is Bill still crying <laughs> in the alley. Mm-hmm. And which then talks often on this show, right? Usually the cold open is a regular cold open yeah. kind of thing. Doesn't yeah. transfer. To they it. extend the awkwardness of all the men listening to the one men start crying, which in terms of the show's masculinity, except for Bobby mm-hmm. Hill, that's kind of like the least thing you can do as a man is to just start crying. <laughs> right. And then, yes, he tries to convince everyone that uh, he's very excited to be celebrating Christmas. Uh, on this, the seven-year anniversary of his uh, wife, Lenore, leaving him. And that he it was a good thing that she left him. And he's happy about it. And then he goes into his house crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that sort of sets, so good. sets yeah, the tone he, for the sorry, episode. We, I should know. What season was this again? Three? This is three. season three, yeah. yeah. It still seems so like old school to me. Yeah. But what else? Is, so I assume we already knew Lenore was somebody who left him before this. Right? Uh, we knew that his wife left him. This might be the episode where she gets named. Yeah. Wow. Um, and she and she obviously gets referenced again later in the season and actually appears in an episode. Um, but yes, the, the fact that Bill had a wife who left him was established mm-hmm. prior to this. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Hank follows Bill into his house to check on him, and he has. Well, he has to make uh, an excuse to go check on him. He doesn't. He can't just say, "Of course, go check on Bill." (laughs) Right? He's like, "Oh, I could really go for some cookies." And Bill usually has that sort of thing. I'm gonna go Mm -hmm. get some because you know we can't express you know concern for our fellow man. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be weird. So. If Bill has cookies, then why is he yeah, sad? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that right. should have been his first tip off that there is no cookies. <laughs> uh, so Hank goes into Bill's house. He has uh, old pre- Christmas presents for Lenore still hanging around. He's got a sad little Charlie Brown Christmas tree that he set up with a Lenore stocking on it. And his whole idea is, you know, he has to keep this stuff going because she's going to come back someday and she'll be happy to have all of the the Christmas presents and all of that. And Hank tries to tell Bill, he tries to give him sort of the tough love that, you know, she's not coming back, but uh, 
Bill gets increasingly despondent the firmer Hank gets, and this makes Hank uncomfortable. So he ultimately couches it with a like, well, I, I guess stranger things have happened. And thereby keeping that little kernel of hope alive in Bill that maybe Lenore will come back someday. Yeah, I don't know what to say about it. Obviously, Hank isn't doing the right thing, but it's a really depressing scene in his house. I don't, I didn't know how I was supposed to feel about yeah. this. Yeah. Right, are you supposed to be I'm, laughing at the sad tree <laughs> yeah, exactly. or crying about I, the sad tree? Or? I was, because it was so sad that it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carolyn, you take pleasure in the misery of others in most cases. I do. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only time I'm happy, David. Imagine my day-to-day misery when I'm miserable. That's not funny, but when Bill is miserable. Hilarious. <laughs> the details are all good. The presents were all good. I liked his sad bachelor table, which is one of those big wooden wire spools. Yeah. <laughs> just like a hobo table. He just had all these great details, and he is he's so sad this Christmas. And and Hank checks confirms that he's coming over for dinner. They clearly have like a standing when it gets close to Christmas, Bill has dinner with the hills every night kind mm-hmm. of deal. Um so the next scene is dinner at Hank's house with Bill, and uh, Bill is basically just doing his best to bring everyone down. So yeah, he asks, kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, he asks Luann so about her dead boyfriend who died at the <laughs> beginning of this season, I believe, and then uh, brings up Bobby's recent breakup with a uh, Sarah Michelle Geller voiced guest star that was a couple episodes before mm. this one. And then even go so far back as to mention a breakup of Peggy's from when she was in high school. <laughs> well, I think it wasn't he's... even a breakup. Like, she just liked a guy and he didn't like her back, but Peggy refused like to believe her. that a guy wouldn't like her. Right. I right. actually find Peggy Hill to be extremely unlikable in this series, and it's tough for me. But... Yeah. We get some of that here. Yeah, there's some, I know. <laughs> there's some bits here that are, are, are vintage Peggy. Um, uh, Bill says you only get one relationship in a lifetime and other sad stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was like, while that may be true for Bill Dotrieve, I really doubt that's true for Luann Platter. Yeah. Right. Maybe she'll marry Tom Petty later. Who knows? <laughs> so then during this, they talk about how they have a Christmas party coming up that mm-hmm. Hank and Peggy are hosting the like Strickland company Christmas party at their house. And Bobby, I think Peggy asks Luann if she wants to be the hostess. And Bobby says he could be the hostess with the mostess. And so we get a little bit of, you know, Bobby is blurring gender norms and this makes <laughs> Hank uncomfortable moments for it. Even though uh, but that becomes blurring gender norms. Very barely. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is not a Bobby episode, so yeah. this, this just sort of sets up a, a running gag for Bobby for his brief appearances. It's it's really not about that, but you get the Also, and I guess I don't know when we'll get to the all the stuff about the Christmas party. It's a little weird that it's like a joint company slash friends in the neighborhood Christmas party. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very sitcom-y in yeah. that regard, like the way that the lines are blurring and yeah. Uh, So the next morning, uh, Bobby is serving breakfast to everybody Mm. in preparation for his hostess role at the party, um, which is a fun little callback. And Peggy is bemoaning Bill being at dinner every night and bringing everybody down. And Hank explains how Bill blocked for him when he was a running back in high school, Mm -hmm. thereby allowing him to set a single season rushing touchdown record for high school football no, in I Texas. I said it was a yardage record. Well, a total was a total yardage. Yeah. Not an Al Bundy touchdown, Correct. four touchdowns at a Although single very game. Al Bundy inspired, right? I mean, I don't know. It's a yes. trope for middle-aged guys to... Right, and this is, of course, in Texas where yeah. high school football is insane. They did an entire show about it. Um, One of the best shows ever. <laughs> is it? <laughs> is it? But in uh, in in Hank's mind, Bill's high school blocking for him is basically a uh, a blank check that uh, mm-hmm. that you know he'll he'll do anything for Bill as a result of that. A running back who forgets his front line is a person I wouldn't want at dinner. Is, is how Hank? Yes, yes. Even though it should um, be offensive line and not front line, but you know, 
Right. Well, this is one of those continuity hiccups because there's a later episode where Bill is actually the high the high school football running back. Really? And there's a there it's like an episode where like there's a kid, a high school kid who's gonna break some record of Bill's, but then and Hank's kinda like the guys are all sort of like, Oh, that's that's too bad, but then they find out that Bill never technically graduated, so then they get him to play in a game so that he can take back the record and <laughs> all this. It's, you know, but the point being that changes this where here mm-hmm. Hank is the star running back and we later find out that it's Bill and he's got a big luxurious head of hair back in high school <laughs> and all of that, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, for such reasons, everybody should suffer dinner with him in perpetuity. <laughs> yes, because he well, was <laughs> he was be good fair at football. To this, because Peggy's like he's really depressing. He comes over for dinner, and I'm like, when you're having someone over for dinner because it's around the holidays when his wife left him, it's probably not going to be a barrel of fun, right? Like it's not right. You're not looking right. for the raucous time. You're doing that person <laughs> a solid. Now, Bill is a little intolerable, which we see in this next dinner but and i don't know what to do about it because i feel like i'd be uncomfortable because i'd feel like i don't want to be around this guy but he's also obviously very depressed so i'm supposed to help him but he's making it hard on me to want to help him so i don't know right right so yes at the next dinner we find out that bill has gotten himself a pet iguana that he has named lenore and normal, healthy. totally healthy. This is, I'm sure this is, this is, this is normal. Uh, the, the iguana sits on his shoulder <laughs> d- through all throughout the dinner. Um, sh- the, the iguana will not eat, uh, because there's too many strange people at the <laughs> table. And then Bill, at least that's what they say. Yeah. So Bill turns and like just stares at Luann and she's like, Would you like me to leave? He's like, Please. <laughs> so then he chases Luann away from the table and then dumps a, a cricket onto the table. It's a or a cockroach, yeah. That uh, that Lenore then eats. <laughs> And it's supposed to be dead, but it's not. So there's a chase scene and nobody else even mentions like, hey, Luann, you can still yeah. stay. They just let her go. Right. So they deserve this cockroach yeah, problem. No, no one sticks up me. for Luann. Right. No. Right. And I feel like uh, this this episode's giving Iguanas a bad name. That's all I have to say. I'm, I'm not even like an Iguana Stan or any Iguana Stan. <laughs> Iguana Stan? Yeah. Iguana Stan. It sounds like, yeah, like a country. No, but... Uh, we should invade them. <laughs> Sounds good. But I don't know if d- disease-ridden is fair criticism of them. And, you know, people can have them as pets. I think it's fine. I don't know. Right. Would you let them have them on their your shoulder during a holiday Christmas Yeah, yeah, meal? why not? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's David I'm coming judge? to David's with two <laughs> shoulder make iguanas. Mo- make dinners more interesting than they normally are. So, you know, if there's an iguana there, it's... You, Something to talk it's about. a talking point. It's yeah. a conversation piece, yeah, right? Exactly. Jello shots, iguana. <laughs> at least at the first dinner, the iguana seemed pretty well behaved, actually. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He was. He gets worse, but or she gets Luanne worse. I gone. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All of this, though, is enough for Peggy to tell Hank that she has had enough. Uh, she's telling him this in their bedroom at night. Hank is still insisting that he can't leave his former. Uh, football mate out to dry like that uh, but then bill barges into their bedroom <laughs> having had a bad dream uh, and wanting to know if he can sleep on their couch and hank of course says that he can but peggy says that's it no more dinners uh, we also learn here that peggy pronounces iguana as ijuana yeah <laughs> uh, this is part of peggy's running bit where she's a Substitute Spanish teacher, but is terrible at the Spanish language and overpronounces everything and or pronounces things wrong. Not making me like her more. Right? Right? <laughs> you guys know what's great? What's great? Hank's butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
while we're in the bedroom. Have you seen it? There's a whole episodes about it, but it's just yeah, where very he has to small. he gets prosthetics that he has to put in his in his <laughs> like b- butt pouch so that he can ride his lawnmower without hurting his back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of the best character design details in the show. I think. he does. Like, he has he has a, a very small little butt. <laughs> They just they draw a whole torso and then they make the butt like ten yeah. percent as big as it should be. And that happens. Maybe I see that sometimes in my life on men. <laughs> and I'm just always like that that's a Hank Hill butt. That's great. It gives the word out. You start to recognize it. So good job on that team. Uh, next scene is basically just Hank telling Bill that he can't come to dinner anymore and it's <laughs> super awkward and kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And it's in the lawn with the beers and the iguana. Yeah. And they're, they, they're not getting their regular yep, yep, yep rhythm mm-hmm. in this episode. It's it's too halted and Bill's too sad or, or too desperate. Yeah. Too iguana. <laughs> so then at dinner time, we're back in Bill's house. And we see that he owns one cup, one plate, and one fork, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to drop and break his one plate. So then he has to eat his spaghetti dinner by putting the noodles on the counter, <laughs> eating a handful, and then taking a swig out of the marinara sauce no. out of the jar. This probably says more about Drinks me than anything jar. else. But I still say Bill's dinner looked a lot better than any of the dinners they're having at the Hills. <laughs> wow! I'm coming for you. No, I'm not saying they were like wow. badly cooked, but it was just like meat with like steamed vegetables and mashed potatoes or something. And I'll take a spaghetti dinner over that any day. A spaghetti dinner that you sip yeah, off. Hey. The sauce? It all goes down the same hole. <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of appreciated Bill's novel approach yeah, to. Exactly. Uh, to the lack it shows ingenuity and and uh creativity i like i like it viscerally you can imagine drinking out of the jars in fact i frequently like use my mason jars as water jars but that's after we use all the spaghetti sauce right out of them. right but maybe i'll just cut out the middleman yeah, exactly. i'm starting to get to a crazy place <laughs> yeah, I, over I, here I feel like Paris. really the only problem that i would have with bill's approach is just that the the sauce in the jar is presumably cold or yeah. room temperature yeah. um, and that is is less appetizing but mm-hmm. uh, you know that aside I feel like Bill's on to something there <laughs> uh, saving dishes right right so then he proceeds to watch the hills having dinner from outside yeah uh, Hank is taking the <laughs> opportunity to regale the family with the plot of his Clint Eastwood starring movie about propane. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a hit. Yeah, yeah, everyone's loving it. Yeah, Bobby's like, table hit. like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think Hank says he wants Peggy to direct it. Yeah, yeah. yeah either Hank or his wife. That's sweet of him. We'd <laughs> be like, me or Peggy will probably direct. Would direct yeah. it, yes. Um, so while this is going on, Bill goes into Hank's garage and takes a ladder out off the wall and then climbs up on the roof of his house and proceeds to try and kill himself by jumping off of his roof. Hilarious. But, hilarious. But it doesn't work very well <laughs> because they all live in one-story ramblers. Mm-hmm. So by the time Bill reaches the like edge of his roof, he's really only like eight-ish feet off the ground, yeah. which isn't really enough to kill yourself unless you really take the right kind of tumble. <laughs> Gotta he go. hooks the Christmas lights with the ladder, so I was wondering if he was going to hang himself mm-hmm. with Christmas lights, which would be very festive. Yeah, you know. Really yeah. brings out well, the season. He just kind of jumps. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that with my next suicide. <laughs> I did, I did like when when Hank comes out in the garage because Bill hooks the lights, and so then the lights go out. Mm-hmm. So Hank sees that, so he goes out to investigate, realizes that someone's taken one of his ladders, and he's like. His 10-footer. Yeah, his 10-footer. He's like, who took my ladder? Dale? Bill? Probably Dale. (laughs) (laughs) That does show their relationship. It was a good touch, and I like how Dale is the suspect, because he's usually the bad boy, but... Right, right. This is a Bill episode. So, yes, Bill has tried to kill himself, Mm -hmm. and this is our next scene where Hank is immediately dismissive of therapy. Yeah. Which they never really go back to at all either, so I don't know. They don't. And Peggy's basically like, 
you know, Bill tried to kill himself. I think maybe he should get some help. And Hank's like, he's not broken. He just needs to snap out of it or something. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, okay, I feel like therapy would be just suicidal. Not crazy. Yeah, that is it. That's the line. Thank you. It's like, yeah, I, I, I guess it's consistent with Hank's character, but I would have liked the episode to explore that a little bit more. Or at least go back to it by the end of like, yes, we, we he should see help, right? Right, right. Uh, so instead of, uh, this is, we get another uh, uh, Peggy is the worst moment where she says, you know who I feel sorriest for in all this? Bill. <laughs> and you're like, yes, of course, Peggy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, just, it just reminds me of the, the one that we always talk about, Dave, where she's like, in my opinion, the best way to start a fire is with kindling. <laughs> and he's like, it's not your opinion, it's a fact. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Peggy with the hot takes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so instead of therapy, the guys decide to take shifts watching over Bill to keep him from killing himself. And this is where I'm like, wouldn't therapy just be easier on all of you? Like, put aside your prejudices against therapy, but like, get him some help, put him in a yeah. in a hospital or something. Yeah, this might be an institution stint if you have to monitor them twenty four seven, but. These are just old Texas boys. Right. They can do it. Right. And I'm trying to, I mean, I know it, it all manifests differently for different people, but I don't know how realistic a take this is on any of this, actually, as we get right. through it. But, like, I know for majority of people, suicide is a very in-the-moment thing, where, <laughs> like, you're just at your at rock bottom at that moment and decide to find right. a way to end your life and like the idea that he's just continually trying to do it i just don't know how often that occurs that like he right, has to be watched right. constantly or else take his eye off of him and he's suddenly like trying to like put his head in an oven or something you know yeah so that's that's, that's what we get here is like a, a montage mm. of humorous question mark attempts yeah. at bill poorly trying to get like he puts his head in the oven and then hangs like bill it's an electric oven well, it still gets a little hot in there, but you know that's clearly not going to kill him. Uh, he like tries to bang his head in a drawer of his nightstand at yeah, one point. And you're just that's like, that's the last not gonna one. Do anything. I mean, Hank finally falls asleep <laughs> and he just tries to bang his head to death in both drawers till he sloops out of bed. It's so sad. It's Frankly, really funny. unintentionally, this episode is also an argument against guns because if Bill had a handgun in his house. It- Everything would have ended right. much differently and quicker than this episode. Well, and there's a there's right. a, a funny right. sequence because in the yeah. next scene, with, with it's uh, basically Dale. it's basically like Dale's turn to watch Bill, mm-hmm. and all he does is sit in a chair with his gun yeah. pointed on Bill, not letting Bill go anywhere <laughs> and do anything. You're like, well, if Bill really wanted to kill himself, all he'd have to do is just rush yeah. Dale at this point and mm-hmm. call his bluff or not. I don't know. But uh, at one point, Bill does say that. Uh, Something like he drinks a lot of beer or something like that. Hank says, don't go blaming the beer. Yeah, he says beer's <laughs> he a depressant. He says beer's a depressant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't blame the beer. Oh, why don't you go get a beer? Beer's a depressant. Don't go blaming the beer. <laughs> uh, and this is where we discover that Bill has silk pajamas. Mm-hmm. And Hank. Yeah, Hank makes him wear his pajamas. Yeah, he, he, he like, goes through a whole bit, puts him in his pajamas, brushes his teeth. Uh, so Hank initially sort of raises the old eyebrow at silk pajamas and Bill says, oh, I like them. They're soft. They're all I've got. You've got a wife, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good line. I don't like I feel like silk pajamas. I'm always about to slide out. Yeah. But you can't because there's buttons. <laughs> right. I know. But I just feel like there's no you feel like it. you know what I mean? Like It's just it's <laughs> yeah. too smooth. It's too soft. I need traction. I don't know. I mean, I'm with Austin. I, have a I don't silk- know what to, how to explain it. Except yeah. things can be too smooth and soft for me, and I don't know what that means. But like, it- like silk sheets or even silk sheets, it's just like yeah. right off that's, the bed. That's I mean, the one. Come on, try to do your bed roll, and then you fall mm-hmm. right, right off. Right? Especially that's if you're just, trying to have any fun, like you could really mess up and non-stick stuff on mm-hmm. the purposes. <laughs> you need to stick on the pan if I'm gonna land it. Right? I feel like silk I- pajamas is that, but just wrapped all around me. But that, if it's wrapped, it could work. I think I think this is my year. I'm going to invest. I'm going to try it. I have a silk robe I like. Have you tried a robe? It's pretty mm. nice in the spring, I mean, summer. I don't regret to people see who like it. It's just, I don't know, not for me. You know? Yeah, I just feel like it's not for me. 
Well, you guys can wear cotton or linen. Yeah. Or, or flannel. Polyester. Or polyester. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> Burlap. Yeah. David just sleeps in a burlap sack. <laughs> that's sadder than putting your head in the oven. You David. always know where your clothes are when you're wearing burlap. That's for sure. He gets his he gets his pajamas right. from the Gruel Orphans. <laughs> Second hand. <laughs> Second hand burlap. <laughs> uh, so Hank is, by comparison, a affectionate caregiver to Bill. We see that Dale is just sitting with him, trained on it, you know, with his gun trained on the whole mm-hmm. time. And then we see that Boomhauer just takes him out to the bar yeah. while Boomhauer is, is trolling for tail. <laughs> um, Who doesn't right. like Boomhauer? Right. And there's a great there's a great line where Bill's sitting at the bar watching people dance, couples dance. He's like, Lenore and I used to come here and watch people dance like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just does a great job of like right. telling you about their relationship without uh, you know, yeah. making a big deal out of it mm-hmm. that by subverting the expectations there. And, and the bar is called Uglies, which I like. <laughs> it's a good name for a singles bar. And yeah, Bill just kind of staggers into traffic and tries to get hit with a semi. But the joke is that he's like 30 yards away from it, actually. Yeah, he's screaming because he thinks his truck is going to hit him. And then the truck turns because there's plenty of road in a side road that he turns <laughs> on to. And, yeah. Bill. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, then but Dale and Boom are just like, we don't care if Bill kills himself. We're, we're, we're busy people. We can't. Our, our lives have been mildly inconvenienced, <laughs> yes. so let our friend die. Uh, so Hank decides to cover the additional shifts for Dale and Boomhauer because that's what you do for your line blocker. <laughs> and uh, uh, we see that Dale is trying to steal Bill's PJs. <laughs> he Already! comes out of the house wearing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get a scene at Strickland Propane, where Hank works, where he's basically just talking to his boss, getting the time off. His boss thinks it's about the Christmas party and doesn't really care. And um, but that's going to take the... all of Hank's vacation. For... Yep, he's just he's got to use up all of his time off to take <laughs> care of Bill. Which sucks because the vacation days the boss thinks is for the party, and the party is for the benefit of the boss. Hank's a not the most respected employee in the world, you guys. No, that's how, that's the running joke is that Hank venerates his boss to a degree that he does not deserve. <laughs> yeah, and he gets walked over a lot too. Like as much as he would think he's like the tough guy, like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, southern tough guy, cowboy type. He's he's he, he's people's bitches a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, he's very. I think he's very instinctively deferential to authority. Yeah. Yes. And men. And men. His boss yeah. and dad. But Peggy, too. Mm-hmm. Peggy dunks on Hank all the time, man. actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Hank's solution to all of this is to set Bill up with a woman. <laughs> um, that'll work. That'll work, yeah. I think? Question mark? Nothing women love <laughs> more than the smell it. of desperation and depression. <laughs> <laughs> Puts it on Peggy's lap, and that's, well, that's super like, it's funny. Like the twofold failure of like, I know it'll solve this problem. A woman. <laughs> Am I gonna find one? No, that's <laughs> someone else's job. <laughs> that's a woman to find a woman. So and I like how Peggy just is like, well, I will have to not tell her that Bill is yeah. going to be there, and Hank's like, yep. <laughs> so be Hank tasks Peggy with finding a date for Bill. Uh, we get another dinner at the Hill House. Uh, there is a very stern-looking Victorian-era school marm <laughs> that Peggy has found for Bill. <laughs> By Sutterfuge. Yes, and uh, Bill is there in his army uniform with the <laughs> Lenore iguana mm. sitting on his shoulder. Which is um, great. It's all green. It all mm-hmm. matches. He's looking sharp. This is where we get the line about how iguanas are filthy. Now, the second and, line. There's a previous yes. line about them being disease-ridden, too. I don't know... What the show is against iguanas? Because then the iguana pees on Bill too, and I'm like, giving these iguanas bad rep. Do they even pee on people? I don't know. I bet they do if you shoulder your iguana for yeah, long enough. Think, I don't know. It's got to go somewhere. Try it. 
And uh, uh, <laughs> Peggy's rationale for setting them up is that Bill is a collector of exotic reptilia, <laughs> and the 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 woman is a collector of throw pillows. <laughs> And she says, I have some throw pillows on my couch, but that doesn't mean that I'm insane. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Which is another fun uh, subverting expectation lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, uh, Lenore pees on Bill. Um, (laughs) The the date asks Bill to leave. Bill proposes. uh, (laughs) Because she's extra mean to him, and then he falls in love with her even more. Will you marry me? Uh, the iguana runs off. Uh, Lenore <laughs> runs out the window, and so then Bill is is desperate uh, to get her yeah, back. I feel bad for Bill at that point, right? His pet. I mean, yeah, like, whatever. Say what you will about the iguana, he clearly is invested in this creature emotionally, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Hank follows after him to make sure that he's okay, and he sees Dale looting some more of Bill's yeah. stuff from his house. <laughs> like he would have wanted me to have it. He's still alive. Nitpicking ain't gonna bring him back. <laughs> so he follows Bill there, and then this is what finally convinces Hank to say what he has needed to say. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets tough with Bill. He tells him that human Lenore is never coming back. He throws the presents against the wall. He gets rid of the tree. He says, this is yeah. it. Yeah, it she's done. Bill. She's never coming back. <laughs> and he, yeah, he, he basically, this causes Bill to snap. Uh-huh. And then Hank thinks that he's fixed everything. <laughs> right? He's like, well, how do you feel? I don't feel anything at all. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I knew you'd snap out of man. it. <laughs> You're like for Hank. That is that's. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel anything. That's the that's the ideal. So he's like, oh great, everything's fixed. Yeah. So yeah, the next morning, um, the iguana is hanging out on top of Hank's refrigerator. So he brings her back over to Bill's, and he discovers Bill in his backyard wearing a dress, calling himself Lenore. Yeah, yeah. Just a complete meltdown at this point for Bill. Right. And Peggy asked if if Bill was okay, and Hank said, I asked him twice. Mm -hmm. So he must be. I'm pretty sure the dress that Bill wore is one of the presents that he was keeping for Lenore for years. So now that Hank has burst them open, that's Oh, yeah, I think you're right. That's a nice little detail, too. Mm -hmm. Probably has some nice silkiness against his skin, (laughs) depending on the type, too. Uh, so Lenore tells Hank that she came back because she missed Bill so much. And this is the breaking point for Hank. He says that there is no amount of past football glory assistance that can excuse Bill's behavior. <laughs> I like and how he, he doesn't tells, see him for like the broken man he is at this point and says, just like, you're being too crazy. I got to get out of here. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's yeah. That's where this gets a little. Again, it's it walks that fine line where it's like it's consistent with Hank's character mm-hmm. that the sight of a man in a dress would be this like huge breaking point for him in this relationship. But it's same it's like it's clearly a cry for help. Yeah. In this in this specific context. Yeah, and yeah, in like, general, it's not a big deal. Yeah, like they can wear cares? dresses if they want. That's all good. Like the reason it's I'm saying Bill's broken is because he's wearing a dress calling himself by the name of his the wife who left him seven years ago. And right, it's true. It's not that he's wearing a dress; it's that he is presenting himself yeah. as this ex-wife that has left him, regardless yeah. of what he could be wearing his clothes, own clothes. Yeah, and exactly. That would be would be not good for Bill's mental health. Hmm. But the dress is funny because man in dress equals yeah. comedy, Austin. Right, right. Tough to argue the uh, so Hank, facts. And I do have to Karen, say, right? That's just a yeah, Peggy Hill statement right there. Yeah. It's classic. <laughs> it's a classic for a reason. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Espanol. Um, it's not an opinion. It's I do I give it. Right? Um, Stephen Root, he's a real actor. He's in all kinds of real films, including several Coen Brothers joints. And then for him to play <laughs> Bill Dotrieve the way he does is the voice acting is it's very skillful. It's very broad comedy, the way he does mm-hmm. his Lenore voice, where he'll do a lady falsetto and then just drop it on the last word, like <laughs> right, a like sour it's, clang. Like, it's hard for Bill to keep it up that long, and so it, it drops into his normal mm-hmm. register. And... 
Yeah. Yeah. There's some King of Hell's got a great voice cast. Yeah. Stephen Root is is We're definitely one of their MVPs. That's true. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. She had a lot of heart, and she was very funny. And then I watched her a, a special on her autopsy, and she's had everything wrong with her at the end: pills, infections, yeah. and some kind of mold. Yeah. She died too young. It's it's probably somebody's fault, David. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree with David. you. Probably is somebody's fault. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then we get a basically a scene that exists purely for comedy, where yeah. Lenore is out drinking beer with the guys, mm-hmm. and Dale is like, "Well, if you're Lenore, then where's Bill? Oh, Bill's just inside the house." Uh, Dale says, can you go get him? And she says, yes. And Dale says, I'm skeptical that you could get intrigued that you might. <laughs> uh, so Lenore goes into the house and then comes back wearing a sweater. And she's like, oh, Bill is busy, but I just needed a shawl. And, mm. um, that's really all there is to that. Um, and it's just another instance of Bill's uh, breakdown, messing up their whole yeah. guy time, the whole uh, yup, yup. Yup, porch drinking in the alley that is the whole opening of King of the Hill is the whole vibe. Right. And now they've got Bill pretending to be Lenore and like asking them for a beer for a lady. It's so awkward for these really uptight men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really feel bad for Hank. <laughs> <laughs> he here and here's, uh, Bill and his issues just causing problems, not letting people just be themselves. Got that big party coming up. (laughs) So then Peggy, in her own way, uh, suggests that uh, there may be some psychological basis to Bill's behavior. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No shit, Peggy. Uh, Luann (laughs) actually uh, hits the nail on the head, saying that she thinks that Mr. Dotrieve just needs closure uh, Mm. on on the end of his marriage. Um, and she, she references advice that she was given by Buckley's angel, mm-hmm. uh, which is her dead boyfriend yeah. that was previously referenced. Although this is another little continuity snafu because the episode where Buckley's angel visits her and gives her that advice has not aired yet. Mm. Whoa. Awesome. With the super tweeze. So that is wow. uh, production order versus episode order strikes again. I guess. Also, of course, the joke isn't she's talking about closure, but then it's also seeing Buckley's angel suggesting she hasn't had the closure she needs. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So then we get to the big Christmas party. Yeah, which, as we said, it will have business people there, but also friends. It's a company party that will have the neighbors over, too. Right, and not just like a company party, but clients. Yeah, exactly. Because right. Mr. Strickland talks about how they're going to have big fish and little fish clients. Mm-hmm. And if Hank sees Mr. Strickland talking to little fish clients, he needs to come rescue him so that he can focus on the big fish clients. Mm-hmm. And Hank, God bless him, <laughs> says, well, I think we should treat all of our clients like big fish. And Strickland says, good, good. Save that for the little fish. <laughs> <laughs> So it's this weird, yeah, it's a weird mix of, like, friends, neighbors, employees, customers, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, it's, yeah. Uh, So Lenore arrives at the party, despite the fact that, well, we should say, before this, which just brought up a question, before the party, Peggy then says, maybe we should get Lenore to come to the, the real Lenore, to come to the party. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, Peggy (laughs) suggests, when, when Luann says that, that Bill needs closure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peggy says, "Oh, well, maybe we should invite Lenore and and force." Which was only of interest to me because then the, that suggests they all know where Lenore is, and I had assumed up until then she had kind of like ran away, you know, and that was incommunicado with anybody and did not. Yeah, it's definitely a um, convenience of the plot mm-hmm. that it's that Peggy could somehow just pick her up and pick up the phone and call her. Because that would also suggest that I mean, there's more opportunities for Bill to have gotten the closure, although I know it's more complicated right. than that. Yeah. But I, don't know. I feel like she's left town, but Peggy still has her I number. Guess. 
They didn't say that. That's the feeling. Right. Right. Lenore arrives at the party, despite the fact that uh, she was not in. She was disinvited by Hank. Yeah, that's Bill um, as Lenore, just to clarify. Right. Right. Yes, Lenore in my yeah. notes, uh, with the air quotes. Um, and there's a, <laughs> there's a neat bit where uh, Bill picks up a glass of wine and then a beer. <laughs> and so you can sort of tell it's like, like he wants to stay in character as Lenore, but then he himself wants the beer. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then the real Lenore calls uh, to talk to Peggy. Bobby delivers the the portable phone to her on a tray, <laughs> which is a nice touch because he's running around being the, the hostess, hostess with the hostess, hostess at the party. So he's like, phone call for you, Bob, as he holds the tray out. Uh, so this is the real Lenore calling and making it very clear that she doesn't give two shits about Bill and isn't coming to the party and won't even uh, talk to him. Yeah. I won't even talk to him on the phone. Uh, But this is enough to, uh, to shake Bill as Lenore's confidence. uh, So to speak, just it, it, it shatters the, the, the persona that he is, is carrying. Uh, and then that's at the same time that the rest of the party starts to turn on Bill because you've got a room full of conservative Texans in the late 90s who are not too happy with the sight of a man wearing a dress in their midst. And then even. Right, they call him a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yes, one Democrat of them says. <laughs> <National> convention. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I wish we were as progressive as they said. We were. I know, right? Isn't that that's all? It's the that's the cruel irony is mm. that it's, it's not as progressive as they think. Hate it. Yeah. So Bill is freaking out. The party's turned on him, and then Hank comes out wearing a dress, and <laughs> the old Billy yeah, Madison. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. If peeing your pants is cool, <laughs> just call me Miles Davis. <laughs> I do appreciate that his little. Uh, his dress. Yeah, his, his stunt, ink stunt ear doesn't really actually work at all. <laughs> like, right. Nobody right. at the party suddenly convinced that this is a cool thing for them or anything. They just all think he's weird now, too, right? Right. And it's, I mean, it's a nice moment because it's Hank trying to save his friend. Yeah, yeah. More than it is anything else. And mm-hmm. so it's nice to see Hank, you know, for all of his concern about the clients at the party and his boss and all of that, when he sees that his friend is in trouble, he jumps in to help his friend. Um, to which Dale prompts, Dale wonders, this wasn't on my invitation. Did you send Bill a special invitation? <laughs> <laughs> Dale's all worried that he's okay. missing out on something. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like that Hank's wearing this dress. He probably took it from Peggy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for him, this is hard to do because he's seriously uptight mm-hmm. with a little tiny butt. And he doesn't look like he has a big ass in yeah. that dress. <laughs> he's doing it for his friend. <laughs> he's trying. He's trying. He is trying. So uh, Bill, though, thinks that Hank is just making fun of him. Mm-hmm. And so he runs out into the alley and Hank follows after him. And now we get our catharsis here where Hank is poses as Luann and Lenore as Luann. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Hank, Hank poses as Lenore and basically tells Bill everything that he needs to hear that he that Lenore doesn't love him, that she's not coming back, uh, that uh, the relationship meant nothing to her. And hearing this from quote unquote Lenore and is enough to sort of, of talks about how much they argued and everyone could hear him. And I guess trying to point out that the true. relationship wasn't that good to begin with. Right. Right. That as much as Bill is like depressed about her having left, it's probably a good thing that she did. Mm-hmm. That if he could just get over the fact of like, yeah. oh, my wife left me, he could realize he's in a better place for it. Yeah. It's very much, yeah, it's very much from Hank's perspective of having been the neighbor, mm-hmm. too. Like, you're loud and all the neighbors think so. <laughs> right, right. And that uh, is enough to snap Bill out of it um, a little bit. So he he basically uses Hank as the proxy and um, gets some things off of his chest. He's He seems most upset by the fact that Lenore just left, that he didn't even warrant a dear john letter mm-hmm. you know uh i i'm leaving you i don't love you anymore have a good life goodbye kind of thing she just up and left one day and 
Um, he thinks that as pathetic as he may feel that he is, he's not so pathetic that he doesn't at least deserve a kiss off letter. Yeah. Um, so that's a good lesson. We've had that before you guys always leave a yeah. note. Right. Right. Uh, so he says, right, this yeah. gives him, gives him his chance to say goodbye to Lenore. Uh, and then Hank says goodbye, takes off his dress and then Bill takes off his dress and it's like, wow, I really hit rock bottom there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hank says that he did, but now the the wind is at his back. And and it is, because when he took off his dress, he was just wearing shorts underneath. <laughs> That's right, so yeah. it does, like, <laughs> very intentionally show his nipple in the, <laughs> in the moonlight and stuff. He's topless now. Yeah, Hank just threw his dress over his shirt and pants, but Bill is is there just in his, in his skivvies. Uh, in some board shorts. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he hit hit rock bottom, but now the wind is at his back. And you know, for the most part, this kind of is rock bottom for Bill. You'd hope yeah. so. He's he's a very low character. This is a low point. But how many times could you put him at the suicide yeah, point right. and bring him and, like, back split up? Personality or whatever you'd call it. <laughs> yeah, like he. There are certainly. I mean, he continues to be a butt of plenty of jokes. Um, there are plenty of episodes that deal with his like you know he's alone he's unmarried he doesn't have a family everybody else does he wishes he had that kind of stuff but it never gets as bleak as it does here and it's usually framed in a slightly different context like there's a christmas episode later in the run where bill starts answering kids letters to santa and then (laughs) builds like a bounce house or sets up a bounce house in his front yard and creates like a Santa's land and all the neighborhood kids come and it's great. But then he keeps it going like year round. Oh yeah. And it just becomes like sadder and more pathetic because he's just, but that's very much framed as a, you know, he's not sad about his ex wife. He's sad because he doesn't have a family at Christmas, doesn't have kids to celebrate it with all that kind of stuff. So (laughs) they, um, they pretty much stick to this, this, um, episode as the as the rock bottom which is kind of nice and how many seasons was this show i think it was like 15 yeah it was was something like 14 15 something like like i said those last few seasons were just kind of bounced all over the schedule and you never knew where they were coming and whatnot i lost track when i was watching them air at least in syndication pretty consistently i should check out the last couple seasons so this is very early on and this is bill's ultimate bottoming yeah out. And there's even episodes where bill gets in a relationship and the episode where lenore actually appears he she ends up in a relationship back. with the former governor of texas and richards and it becomes a like <laughs> will he stick with the woman he has versus the woman that he had mm-hmm. sort of scenario so they right. do some fun stuff right. with bill yeah, I was thinking before about one day doing the episode where Bill's in the abusive relationship. Maybe we'll get to that one, too, someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the humor coda to this whole thing is, <laughs> as, as Bill and Hank are having their moment together, you see Dale come walking out of his house wearing a dress, mm-hmm. see that they're not wearing their dresses anymore, then run back inside. Yeah. He goes, ah, yeah, <laughs> the noise is really it good. Is Bill's suggestibility <laughs> and, like, joinership <laughs> Right, it's really fear good. missing out, yeah. FOMO, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that is Merry Christmas, Yay. everyone. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, what did you learn from this episode? Or any, any final thoughts? What did this episode want me to learn from this episode? Because right, right. Uh, I mean, we 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 already kind of talked about it, but it's like Bill obviously needed therapy, and he never gets it. And then you know, Hank eventually gives him, I guess, the right thing. You know, the closure he needs, but that's not what you should really do in real life, right? Like Bill should right see somebody and get professional help. And there's nothing wrong with that, but then that's not what the show was really angling towards, or this episode anyway, so I don't know what it, that you're right. supposed to try to perform therapy on your friends when they're depressed yourself, is that what I'm supposed to learn from this? That just, like, dress up as people's 
ex-lovers and hope that works when I give them hard truths. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a weird thing because it feels very sitcom-y in that like, we can't put Bill in therapy because that's a process. Like, mm-hmm. you don't go to therapy once right. and then instantly be cured. So instead, we'll manufacture a scenario where he's instantly cured. Yeah. And you're like, is that somehow better? <laughs> I would have. <laughs> than, like, just putting him in therapy and having a therapist snap him out of it in, like, one session or whatever. Yeah, I just would have preferred uh, if at least at the end throughout all this then they're kind of like yeah you should go see somebody and maybe like, right bill agrees right. to go see a therapist after this even if the show never follows up on that afterwards you could at right. least pretend it, that it, happens off screen and you know, right and it right. reinforces that message of like yeah. that's the right thing to do in mm-hmm. this scenario right we kind of stay with hank's perspective yeah. that it is just too unmasculine to go mm-hmm. to therapy like he's in the fucking mafia and even tony soprano has dr melfi hank yeah. But Bill just is not allowed to, so the episode doesn't take that perspective either. I think this episode predates Sopranos, so we haven't we haven't learned yet that tough guys can get therapy. <laughs> wow, we really needed that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, this is early. It is. It started in the '90s and went well through the 2000s, especially when they're getting jerked around with their last seasons, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, yeah, I think it was like. Seventh or eighth grade I was in when this came out. So. Oh, that calendar. The David's yeah, eighth no, grade year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 258 episodes. That's a lot. 13, have... 13 seasons in total. That's pretty good. But yeah, this aired... Um, I guess... Oh, no. December of 98. So I think that wow. predates Sopranos a little bit. Yeah. It does, but not by not much. Not by much. Now yeah. I want... The crossover. But then I was actually older than middle school, so I'm misremembering some part. Oh, you're gonna need to change that yeah, calendar, David. It's almost like our yeah, you're right, David. Flogged. This would have been this would have started when we were in high school. Yeah. How? Because this is '98, so I mean, even two years earlier. Yeah, Carolyn. Any any lessons learned? Any final thoughts from you? Gosh, I mean, it was special. It did hit the spot because you guys are right. I like some really morose humor <laughs> and had it. I actually, you know, you feel for Bill. He's so. He's absolutely bedraggled in this and pathetic. Stephen Root, like I said, again, does a really great job voice acting. He's he's won awards. Every award an actor can win, I think Stephen Root has had a shot at. So it's always great to see him slum and compress this character of Bill into a broad, cartoonish caricature. Um, and this episode is special because... I'm try- I'll try to find one with more suicide attempts per episode, but this ranks very highly. <laughs> we did not learn any true therapy lessons. We learned that Hank's kind of got a savior complex and he's so uptight that he thinks he can, like, yell at his friends not to suicide. Yeah. What if What if they actually did kill Bill Dotrieve in this? And, like, and then Hank had to live with that guilt for the rest of the series. <laughs> it would certainly have taken a dark turn yeah, at that point. It would be a very <laughs> different series, have... I think. <laughs> it would. We all would have been like, whoa. Yeah, what if they degrossied us right here and just <laughs> dropped somebody? No, I'm glad the direction they took. There's a lot of fun left with Bill. I'm glad we're able to be this lighthearted about what is one of the most fucked up serious things. So uh, very special, very good. If I learned anything, it's that shoulder iguanas might shit on your shoulders. So, so far, all we know is they'll pee on your shoulder, and that's all we learned. Yeah, yeah well, I'm looking ahead, David. <laughs> I learned that David is surprisingly pro-iguana. He's uh, <laughs> like they're getting a bad rap. He's open to... I bet to... you they're very clean, okay. disease-free animal. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're wearing a green shirt. It would match your shirt, yeah, exactly. David. Maybe, maybe I have more of an affinity for iguana. Maybe I'm part iguana. You don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I, know I know that in Florida, <laughs> they have problems when it gets like Florida cold, like not actually cold, but mm-hmm. Florida cold. Right. Like 60 yeah. degrees. Yeah, with iguanas that just like roam wild falling out of trees yeah. because they, <gasps> you know, they're hot, they're uh, cold-blooded, so they're you know, when it gets cold, they get cold and they basically go into like a hibernative state and then fall out Aww. of the trees. And so they have like 
iguana raining rainy seasons basically <laughs> we have to like, watch out for falling iguanas <laughs> i assume they survive wow. it most of the time right the falling i believe so yeah and they're not i don't think as big as the iguana in this episode is oh, presented yeah. i mean some of them might be but they're relatively small but i don't know i'm just saying it's a fetid swamp land and you have to watch out <laughs> for falling reptiles on a seasonal basis it's just and i think they're having yeah. like a python issue or viper issue i don't know like <laughs> it sounds Scorpions. like something florida would What's have next? With. <laughs> yeah. guess but they're, they're off our real estate map oh, farther gosh. south and <laughs> they can't be anyway stopped. yeah i don't i don't have a ton to add to what you guys have already said like, like i said at the yeah. beginning um i like king of the hill but this is not an episode that i reach for very often um just because it is it is uh it's yeah. it's depiction of therapy may not be terribly accurate, um, <laughs> but it is a a pretty good depiction of just like someone who's been shit kicked by life and trying to come to terms with it. That's and, true. It's just not for me. It wasn't very enjoyable to watch, so it's in tough. Right? Yeah. To it's, watch it's, it again. It's, I mean, it's right. It's just not the most entertaining thing in the world. But you weren't laughing when he was sad. <laughs> I <was> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, David, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me defending iguanas on Twitter at <laughs> Octopids and at the real gentleman of Ledger.com. <laughs> Carolyn, how about you? Ode iguanas. There you go. <laughs> Start writing some pro iguana propaganda. <laughs> it's not propaganda, <laughs> and it's he true, votes. <laughs> That's what Ooh. all propagandists say, David. <laughs> Um, well, when I'm not emailing my dead angel boyfriend, you can find me on the internet at carolynmain.com, carolynmain on Twitter, and on Patreon. That's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M. Nope. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N. Like the street. No, I was right. I'm good, you guys. <laughs> Go check out some good shit and use spell check. Maybe it will help. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter, which, in my opinion, is the best website to send tweets from, uh, at Austin <laughs> Gorton. And you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com, uh, as well as Comics XF and Comic Book Herald every once in a while. As for the show, we are a very special episode. Uh, you can check out our website, a very special episode podcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at AVSE pod. Uh, check out our Facebook page, email us at a VSE podcast at gmail.com and download and listen at all of your favorite uh, podcast sources and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, so for a very special episode this is Austin Gorton and I am off to eat some spaghetti off the counter and chase it down with sauce out of the jar sounds delicious to me that's all I have that was a very special episode we dissected that shit from head to toe did the time fly by or was it slow got so many life lessons oh how we've grown seen so much TV that we're gonna Explode next time on a very special episode. So, so.